everybody. It's so good to have you with us today. Great to have you with us if you're joining us online this morning, either live or you're catching up a little bit later on. We are so pleased that you're here. Great to have all of you guys in the room as well today. Loads of people in the room today. It's absolutely fantastic. For this, a big story Sunday. And and this is one of those Sundays, we do them on the last Sunday of the month, where we have uh, children and young people joining with us in the room. So uh, you can't see this if you're online, but in the room here, we've got loads of kids and young people with us today, which is so cool. And there are packs going round for them to do things linked in with my talk today and crafts and activities going on on the tables. If you're not here with us in person and you'd like to be for our next Big Story Sunday, last Sunday in November, you'd be really welcome uh, to join us uh, for that. I thought, oh, by the way, I should have said who I am. Uh, My name's Chris, and I'm the senior minister here at ABC, and if we've not met before, it is so great that you're here. We're so excited, whether that's online or in the room. It's great to have you with us today. So I thought I would start with this. Think for a moment, and we can all do this. Kids, young people, you can do this as well, everybody watching at home. Think for a moment about your favorite TV series or movie. And think then for a moment about your favorite character in that TV series or movie. I'm going to ask some folks in the room, and you can do this online, you can post this on the chat as well. I'm going to ask you, who is your favorite TV or movie character? Can somebody shout one out for me? Batman. Batman. Okay, we've got Batman. Any advances on Batman? Pardon? Doctor Who. Is that, oh, sorry, I thought you said that. I was, there we go, a little thing there. That was a joke, right? That was a joke. Okay, sorry, I thought it was good, but clearly it's not gone down well in the room. I'm just saying that. So Doctor Who, anybody else? Who? Black Panther, great one. Yes, we love some Marvel movies. There's some people on our staff team here at the church who love Marvel movies. They've got all of them. They watch them all the time. So Black Panther, great, uh, great choice. Any others? Spider-Man, somebody said from over here. Brilliant. Right, sorry? Iron Man, great. Another Marvel fan. Brilliant. Well, look, I want to tell you about one of mine, but I just want to say this. Kids, this is not something you should be watching, okay? So one of our favorite TV series in our house is Line of Duty, right? So adults only, Line of Duty, okay? We love Line of Duty in our house. Ruth and I uh, love that. And uh, there's a character in Line of Duty called Steve. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Steve in Line of Duty. Uh, And uh, we love Steve. He's a great character, but he does... You know this if you watch Line of Duty. Every so often you're watching it and you find yourself yelling at the telly because Steve has done something stupid again. He's gone off, he's done something he shouldn't have. You know this is just going to end up with him in trouble. And the problem is you want Steve to succeed because if your favorite character in TV series, like Steve, or if it's Iron Man, or if it's Black Panther, or if it's Spider-Man, if it's Batman, whoever it is, you find yourselves rooting for them, don't you? You want them to be the best that they can possibly be. You want the very best things to happen for them. And sometimes, you know, you get those TV shows or those movies where actually you even find yourself rooting for the bad guy. Have you ever had one of those? And you you find yourself conflicted because you find yourself beginning to like the bad guy and you think, I'm not really supposed to want the best for them, but I'm kind of finding myself drawn into that way of being. We're talking today about wanting the best for people. When I first became a church leader a number of years ago, and I went to train to be a church leader, I was placed at a church in Bracknell. And uh, while I was there, not long after I was there, my boss, who was a senior minister at that church, we were having a one-to-one staff conversation. 
And he said to me, he said, Chris, do you know what my hope and my prayer is for you? I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. I wonder what it is. He said, my hope and my prayer for you is that your leadership grows so that you go further and higher than I've ever been able to go with my leadership. My prayer for you is that you'll have more impact than I've ever been able to have, that you'll, uh, you'll have more gifting than I've ever been able to have, and those kind of things. So that is my hope and my prayer for you as somebody who's in charge of your training for these next few years. What a remarkable thing to say. What a remarkable thing to say. And I've never forgotten that. And I'm so grateful to that leader, that church minister, for saying that to me and for wanting that for me. How amazing, how humble and how humbling that he would say that to me. I was amazed and moved. And it was genuine. He meant it. I wonder if anybody's ever done that for you. Whether you've ever had anybody in your life who you know absolutely wants the best for you, the very best, wants you to go further and higher and, and better than they've ever gone in their lives. It's the most extraordinary gift that one person can give to another. You know, in this series that we've been doing with the adults and online over the last few weeks called Squad Goals, we've been talking about how we build better relationships. And we've been talking about building blocks that help us in our squads, be that with friends, with family, with work colleagues, whatever that might look like. How do we build better squads? How, how are we better people to be a part of those squads? And we've been talking about the important building block of time. We've been talking about the important building block of listening and so on. And this week, we're talking about this building block of wanting the best for someone. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you're here with us this morning or you're watching online and you're not a Christian, and you may be wondering, is this going to be relevant to me? I want to assure you it absolutely is. Because these building blocks, well, we believe that they're God-ordained and God-given building blocks. They are suitable for all of us. doesn't matter where we are on our faith journey. We all have stuff to learn with this, and we all have stuff we can implement. And even if you're exploring faith, you say, I'm not sure I believe in God, or I'm not sure I would call myself a Jesus follower, this stuff will make your relationships better. But if you're a Christian, I want to challenge you to grow. I want to challenge you hard, if you're a Christian, to grow in investing in these building blocks. Because if you believe, as Christians do, as I do, that God is the creator of human beings and the author of relationships, then if you believe that and understand that, then you should believe and understand that Christians should be great at relationships. We have an unusual and unique motivation to be as good as we possibly can be at relationships. The Christians should be the people that everybody wants in their tribe and everybody wants in their squad because they're such great people to build relationships with because God has made us for relationship. He's given us that gift. So if you've missed any of our building blocks so far, then I want to encourage you to go back, check out our YouTube channel, and you can watch the three that we've done in this series so far. But for today, let's talk about wanting the best for people. This may seem like a little bit odd. It may seem, if you were thinking about the building blocks for a great relationship, I wonder if you think to yourself, this idea of wanting the best for people would be one of those building blocks. You can probably get your heads around time and listening and boundaries that we talked about so far. This one may be a little bit unusual, not immediately what you'd think of. But I am really passionate about this building block. I think it's really important, but I think it's really difficult for us to do a lot of the time, especially 
well, how can I put this subtly and tactfully, especially with people who might be a little bit more difficult for us? You know, that work colleague that's a little bit frustrating and got those sharp kind of edges. Maybe it's difficult for us if we're in a relationship, a, a husband and wife or a partner, and things aren't going very smoothly right now. Maybe it's, it's difficult for us if we're parents with a child who kind of pushes back on us all the time. It can be hard for us to want the best. I want to show you how we can do it. And I want to show you uh, some of the tools that we need to enable us to do this in our relationships and in our lives. And in order to do that, I want to go to a guy called Paul. Paul was one of Jesus' first followers. He uh, wrote lots of letters to the churches he was involved in starting. And those letters are in the New Testament part of the Bible. And one of those letters is to a bunch of people in a place called Ephesus. And Ephesus was an interesting place with a whole mixture of cultures going on. And although this letter was written by Paul to these folks in Ephesus, it's actually written to all of us, to every human being, because it's about us. It's about all of us. It's about God reaching out to us, offering us a different way to live and an opportunity to recreate and transform society. And much of the letter revolves around two subjects, power and identity. The power of God for living, including building great relationships, and, having, and how important it is to have an identity rooted in God's love for us. It's about how we understand ourselves and how we get along with one another and how we get along with God. It's about relationships. So it's so perfect for this series, so perfect to draw wisdom from today. And I want to read a few verses to you from Ephesians chapter 4, and they're verses 29 to 32. And this is what they say. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Some really significant words, I think, that Paul is challenging us with here. And let's go back to that first verse that I read, verse 29, where Paul says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. And I want to speak for a moment about what unwholesome means in this context. The original word, word that Paul would have used in the Greek that he wrote this in was also used to describe rotten fish. Has anybody ever smelt rotten fish? Yeah, probably not too dissimilar to some of those jelly beans that uh, Nina and Ivan were eating, if you were on for, uh, with us from the beginning of our stream, beginning of our service this morning. They, they stunk some of, those, uh, some of those jelly beans that they were eating in that game. So Paul is saying unwholesome words are like rotten fish, but not just like rotten fish. The other context this word was used in was crumbling walls or crumbling stones. Ruth, my wife and I, we've been uh, in the Lake District uh, uh, earlier this month for a couple of weeks and we were walking all around the Lake District and all over the Lake District, and it's true of other parts of the country as well, like the Yorkshire Dales, there are all these dry stone walls. Do you know what I mean by these dry stone walls? They're extraordinary things. Here's one of the photos that we took. And uh, you can see the dry stone wall here, and you can see them going all the way right up this mountain. They're built in these most incredible and inaccessible places. You kind of, we always talked about this when we were on our walks. You wonder, who needs to know 
which side of the mountain is their bit of land, really. But anyway, apparently people did, so they built dry stone walls up there. And every so often we pass a dry stone wall where a section of it had crumbled away. And you could see that that started with just one stone. Just one stone that had begun to crumble that was weaker than the others, and it had brought a whole section of the wall down as it had crumbled away. And this is the other image that Paul is giving us here about unwholesome talk, bad words that come out of our mouths, words that don't build up and encourage people, those words that say we're not wanting the best for these people. Paul is saying that's like a stone in a foundation that begins to crumble and ultimately pulls everything else down with it. Unwholesome words can rip out the foundation of a relationship and cause it to crumble. They can erode away at the foundations of a relationship. Instead, Paul says, only let what comes out of your mouth be stuff that is helpful for building others up. You see, we get the complete opposite now of a wall that's crumbled because one stone's been crumbling away. Paul says, instead, be people who build up who like build up those dry stone walls, even in the most inaccessible places. Paul says, instead of hostility, replace that with helpfulness and what builds people up. It's the complete opposite of the crumbling foundation image we've had so far. You know, this foundation of genuinely wanting the best for another person in a relationship of making sure we are people who build others up, not tear them down is so important for healthy, strong relationships. It's not about ingratiating yourself with somebody else. Let's talk about what this is not. It's not about that. It's not about inauthenticity. And it's not about never rebuking anybody. Because sometimes the most helpful thing we can do for another person, the best thing we can do to build them up, is actually to gently say, not sure you're heading down the right road here. Well, you know that's not going to be very good for you, don't you? Parents, you know this, don't you? Sometimes you have to speak to your kids and say, no, we're really not going to do that, or you really shouldn't have done that. So wanting the best for somebody and speaking words that build them up is not always about only saying uh, those kind of things, oh, you're so brilliant at this and you did that so well. Sometimes it's about a gentle rebuke or honest feedback, but from the motivation of, I want the best for you. Now, what will it require to do that? What will it require to be speaking those kinds of words and to be building other people up and to be wanting the best for them? Well, Paul tells us, he said, in order to be able to do that, you've got to get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and malice. This is the stuff you need to get rid of and throw away and don't allow time and space in your life and in your relationships for these things to fester. It's really hard to want the best for someone really hard to have a great kind of relationship with them if you're harboring bitterness or rage or anger or if you're fighting with them if you're slandering them gossiping about them behind their back or if you've got malice towards them Paul says and this language that Paul's using here is literally throw them out get rid of them throw them out it may be that that process of throwing them out requires you to talk to somebody you know if somebody's really hurt you badly then uh, if somebody's done something to you that is really hard to forgive, then you might need some help with that. We might need some help with that. So Paul is saying, don't struggle along with this, but instead seek to embark upon the process of getting rid of these things from your life. Actively seek to get rid of them. And instead, replace them with better things. Paul says, replace them with kindness and compassion and forgiveness. 
And I know what some of you are thinking in the room and uh, online as well. You're thinking, well, that's all very well for you to say, Chris. That's all very well for Paul to write down. You don't know the person that I'm thinking about right now. You don't know the person who I'm struggling to forgive. You don't know the person who I'm struggling to get rid of bitterness about. And I say, you're right, I don't know. But I do know that it's hard. I do know, and I want to say to Paul, this is easier said than done, Paul. It's really hard. And I think Paul would say, yes, I understand that. And by the way, I don't think this is any excuse or any reason for us to be doormats. There's no reason to put up with abusive behavior. That's not what we're saying here. Wanting the best for somebody may actually mean extricating yourself from a situation and putting appropriate boundaries up. Rob talked about this brilliantly last week in this series. Or it might be that point, you need to point out things that aren't good for somebody. Or it might be that you need to take action. Wanting the best for people doesn't mean we put up with abusive behavior or be a doormat to people. But at other times, wanting the best for somebody means we have to forgive them, to seek to be kindness uh, and kind and compassionate. How do we do that when it's hard? Well, Paul tells us, because he said, you remember what Jesus has done for you. You remember what God has done for you and the forgiveness that he has given to you. And when you remember that, that will begin to open the door on you being able to forgive other people. Because when we remember that God sent his son and his son Jesus went to the cross so that we could be forgiven and restored in our relationship with God, when we remember that, when we remember the grace and the mercy of God, it reminds us of how much we need to be forgiven for, and therefore how much we need to forgive other people for. And it begins to make a way for us to do that. You see, God wanted the best for you. God wants the best for you. And he made a way for that to happen by giving us the greatest gift of all. And us wanting the best for another person is a great gift that we can give to them. Imagine what it would be like if we were able to do this well. Imagine what a family, a work team, a friendship group, a tribe, a church, a squad would look like if everybody within it wanted the best for the others. Imagine a marriage where the husband knew that his role was to be to enable his wife to be everything God had created her to be, where he was cheering her on, encouraging her, building her up, and imagine a marriage where the wife was doing the same thing for her husband. Imagine a work situation where the boss genuinely wanted his or her team to grow beyond their own impact and leadership. Imagine a squad of friends who were genuinely able to celebrate when something great happened to one of the group. Or when they spent time encouraging one another and weren't gossiping or slandering or harboring bitterness towards a member of the group. Imagine a church where older people wanted the best for the younger generations and they wanted those younger generations to be able to follow on from them and go further and faster than they ever had been able to do, where older people were the best enablers and encouragers of the younger generations. What a great gift to be able to give. And imagine a church where the younger generations honored the older generations, thanking them for the foundation that they had built, that those younger generations were able to build on and were now standing on, grateful for the wisdom and experience of those older generations. 
Imagine a church where people cheered other people on as they used their gifts and abilities, those gifts and abilities that God had uniquely given to them in the church, in the community, in their lives. Imagine squads of people committed to wanting the best for one another and committed to enabling each other to be all that God had made them to be. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? This is such a great gift we can give to another person, wanting the best for them, to give to other people in a church or in a family or in a squad or in a work team. That would be so cool. You know, God wants absolutely the best for us. And he demonstrated that by sending his son. And God, the God who created relationships in the first place, wants us to build into our lives this block of wanting the best for those that we meet and those that we're in relationships with. We're going to pause for a moment and take a time to pray together. But here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if all of us could do this. I'm wondering if if those of us who are online and those of us who are sitting here this morning could think right now of one person that we would like to invest in in this way this week. Could be a mum or a dad or a son or a daughter. Could be a grandparent. uh, Could be a friend. Could be a, a partner. Could be a work colleague. Let's bring somebody into our minds that we absolutely want the best for. And then as we bring that person to our minds and as we pray... Let's ask God to show us how we can build them up this week. And let's ask God to place an action into our minds that we can take away from this place today and we can actually do, because that would be cool too, wouldn't it? That we actually heard a sermon, heard a talk, and then went away and did something about it. That would be really cool too. I'm not saying we don't do that. Sorry, that sounded really bad. That sounded like every other week we don't do that. I don't mean that. But actually to take an action from what we've heard this morning would be so good. And once I've prayed, Alex and the band are going to come back and lead us in some more song worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we all now, both online and in the room, we bring to our minds that person that we just thought of, that we want the best for. And we pray now you'd bring to our minds that action step that we could take, that thing that we could do, today or maybe during the week, to build them up, to demonstrate that we want the best for them. Bring that into our minds right now, I pray. And then now it's in our minds, I pray you'd give us the boldness and the courage to take that step of action today, this week, whenever it might be. And Lord God, above all of that, we thank you so much that you want the best for us and that you showed that by sending us your son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for wanting the best for us. Thank you for your forgiveness. Help us to be able to give that gift to others, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.